Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the NCRI Women's Committee podcast. As we produce this episode, a young woman is currently fighting for her life in a hospital under heavy security presence. In today's episode, we will delve into the heart-wrenching details of 16-year-old Armita Yerovan's battle for survival. Her story gained international attention after she was brutally assaulted by a hijab enforcer. Join us as we explore the latest updates and the unsettling circumstances that have come to light. Could you provide more details about the incident involving Armita Geravand? What exactly happened on that fateful day? Armita is just 16 years old and a high school student. The unfortunate incident took place on Sunday, October the 1st, when Armita and her friends were at the Tehran metro station preparing to board a subway train. It was at this moment that she reportedly became the victim of an attack by a morality police agent, which ultimately led to her falling into a coma due to severe injuries sustained during the incident. The latest information that's come out from the hospital paints a grim picture of her condition. Armita is currently in a state of low consciousness with unresponsive pupils, and she is in a critical medical condition. She has suffered from a cerebral hemorrhage and brain death. It's crucial to note that the government's official explanation for her injuries differs significantly from what many suspect. According to the government's narrative, Armita's blood pressure dropped, causing her to faint and hit her head on an iron edge. However, the events that unfolded afterward strongly indicate that she was most likely attacked inside the subway wagon and violently pushed to the ground. Armita Geravan's friends mentioned that her head was bleeding when she was given CPR at the metro station. What details do we have? According to witnesses, as Armita and her friends boarded the metro train, a female hijab enforcer confronted Armita for not wearing a headscarf, which quickly escalated into a verbal altercation. Eyewitnesses claim that the situation took a more disturbing turn when the hijab enforcer resorted to physical violence, forcefully pushing Armita. The impact of the shove caused Armita to fall to the ground, leading to her losing consciousness. Additionally, witnesses noted that the same hijab enforcer was spotted lingering near the ambulance that transported Armita to the hospital, which has raised significant suspicions. Armita's friends recounted that when they managed to get her out of the subway car, they noticed that her head was bleeding. At that point, a nurse or doctor at the metro station administered CPR to her. Following this initial medical attention, Armita was swiftly transferred to the Air Force's Fajr Hospital by ambulance. The crucial question that arises here is how someone could sustain such a severe head injury solely from fainting due to low blood pressure. This raises doubts, especially considering that several doctors have publicly endorsed on social media that such head trauma 
is unlikely to result from a mere fainting episode, suggesting that a physical push was likely involved in Armita's injuries. The presence of security forces and intelligence agents at the Fatch Hospital has been reported. What does this heavy security presence suggest? Well, the evacuation of an entire ward at the hospital and its subsequent encirclement by security forces and plainclothes agents strongly suggests a significant level of government involvement in this case. What's particularly alarming is the fact that even Armita's parents are being denied access to see her, which raises serious concerns not only about her well-being, but also about the extent to which her medical condition is being controlled and manipulated. A reporter who attempted to prepare a report on this incident was arrested when she went to the hospital. It's important to note that the regime has become increasingly cautious following last year's uprising, in response to similar incidents, so they did release the reporter after several hours in custody. Security forces also visited Armita's high school, where they intimidated and warned the students against giving any interviews or sharing any posts. They have been silenced and barred from speaking with reporters. These actions by the authorities not only prevent the parents from discovering the truth about their daughter, but also raise suspicions that they may not announce her death if and when it occurs. The authorities released a doctored version of CCTV footage, attempting to prove that no confrontation occurred at the metro station. Why is this footage not convincing to the public? The footage is not convincing because 100 seconds of the footage is missing. It's been cut out. It also doesn't include the CCTV footage from inside the metro wagon. Despite the widespread use of surveillance cameras, footage from inside the wagon is crucial evidence that could shed light on what exactly happened to Armita Garavand. The lack of such evidence adds to the mystery surrounding the incident and calls into question the authorities' transparency and willingness to provide a full account of the events. The release of edited CCTV footage is significant as it attempts to shape the narrative surrounding the incident and underscores the need for a transparent and impartial investigation to determine the truth. The Iranian opposition leader, the NCRA president-elect Maryam Rajavi, urged the UN Special Rapporteur on Violence Against Women to visit Armita and undertake a thorough investigation. Amnesty International has also called for an impartial and transparent examination of the circumstances surrounding Armita Gerovan's case. Armita Gerovan's parents were allegedly forced to appear on TV and repeat the government's narrative. Can you tell us more about this and what it might indicate about the situation? 
Indeed, Armita's parents have been compelled to make two televised appearances, during which they were coerced into repeating a specific narrative. In the initial interview, they were accompanied by an individual claiming to be a relative who echoed precisely what the government wanted the public to hear. Don't spread rumors, don't listen to foreign enemies, and don't add to the parents' distress. However, it later came to light that this woman was in fact a member of the paramilitary besiege and a staunch government loyalist with no actual family ties to Armita's parents. Armita's friends have also been subjected to two rounds of interviews. Notably, the first interview occurred three days after the incident. During this period, they were allegedly detained, interrogated and coerced into cooperating with the government. Consequently, in their interviews, they claimed there had been no confrontation with the morality police and asserted that Armita had simply fainted on her own. The circumstances surrounding these interviews, including the heavy presence of security officials, cast serious doubt on the authenticity of the statements provided by Armita's parents and friends. I heard that her mother had been arrested. Yes, can you imagine? They almost killed the child and then detained the mother. Reports say that Armita's mother was violently arrested after attempting to visit her child in the ICU. Of course, she denies this in the second interview. The father was allowed to have a glimpse of his daughter after six days, only after the second interview when he said that they were free to visit Armita. The suspicious thing is that Armita's elder sister is absent altogether. Yes, that's the most curious thing. Now, another development is that after a few pictures and reports were leaked out of the hospital, the authorities changed Armita's room and removed and replaced all the staff in that ward. How does Armita's story symbolize the broader struggle of young Iranian women for their fundamental freedoms, as mentioned in the reports? Armita's ordeal serves as a stark reminder of the challenges young Iranian women face in their pursuit of freedom and equality. Much like Gina Mahsamini, she too has fallen victim to the brutality of the guidance patrols or moral police as they are known in the West. But Armita and Gina are not isolated cases. On the same day that Armita was assaulted, another young woman named Zahra Hatami, aged just 14, tragically took her own life. She did so because she had been expelled from school for wearing nail polish and feared returning home to her father, dreading the possibility of being forced into an unwanted marriage. Zahra's story is just one among thousands of young women who endure a life of oppression under the clerical regime, living with restrictive laws that allow their male relatives to wield immense control over their lives. Recently, the Mullah's parliament passed a bill imposing further restrictions on young women and girls in Iran, making life exceedingly difficult for them. Iranian schools and universities have also enforced stringent regulations following the adoption of the new hijab and chastity law. It's crucial to highlight that despite these oppressive measures, Iranian women and girls, including young women like Armita, 
display remarkable bravery in defying the regime's gender apartheid, even at the risk of their lives. With such a resilient generation of young women and men, it's safe to say that the days of the Mullah's regime are numbered and they are on the brink of collapse. Armita's herring ordeal and the conflicting accounts surrounding it draw alarming parallels to the events leading up to the tragic death of Mahsa Amini last year. As we conclude this episode, let's remember that the quest for truth and justice remains paramount, and it is imperative that we continue to shine a light on such incidents and demand accountability. Our hearts go out to Armita, her family, and all those who courageously stand against injustice in Iran. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the NCRI Women's Committee podcast, and we will keep you updated on this developing situation. For more details, you can visit our website, women.ncr-iran.org. We will continue to investigate and provide updates on this distressing situation as more information becomes available. We wish you happy days and hope to have you back for our next episode.